Good morning. You guys doing good today? Good. Good to hear. We're glad you're here at the Grove. Uh, we're in part four of a series we're wrapping up today, and um, we're, I'm, I'm really excited to wrap this up. Next, mu- next month, uh, we do this every July. It's called Influence, our, our Ad Influence or Positive Influence series. And what we do is we have a, a guest speaker every single week of July. Uh, this is really, so you know, you can, you can meet a few people in my life that are influences uh, that help us. We have our overseers, a couple of overseers that are going to come and speak. Uh, these are the guys that help guide, guide me and guide us as a church through the different processes, legal processes, financial processes. So I want you to meet them so you know who they are. Now I'm going to introduce you to a couple of other influences in my life that I listen to. So it's going to be a good month. Just plan a month of July with some guest speaker. It's uh, guest speakers, and it's going to be just a, a good time for me to, to just catch my breath, uh, let somebody else share and, and, and love on you guys. And so and anybody we let speak, just know that, that they have our heart, they have my heart, and uh, I, I trust them. So um, that'll be next week happening. But we're, we're in part four of a series, and so I want to say welcome all those on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, and also those listening to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is part four of a series called 412. It comes from the book of Hebrews 412 that says that the Bible, the Word of God, is alive and active. Uh, there's something very special about the Bible. And so we did a series for the month of June just about the Bible. Um, it's been a pretty technical series where I'm giving a lot of information. And so today I thought, you know, I'm going to give, make it a little more practical and really try to end this by saying, make sure you don't miss this. Because if you miss it, uh, you, could, you could potentially miss a, a really some of the best things that God has for you. And so I want to end strong with that. So let's just do a little bit of review, and we'll jump into today's uh, part, part, part four. So week one was that we said, if, if you do these things, then you, will, you can expect these. Uh, it was really just a challenge to say, when you build your life upon God's word, you will have all the results that the Bible says you will have. Uh, because when you, when you have the right input, your output will always be correct. Um, if you do, and then the Bible also says there's a lot of negatives. If you do negative things, you can expect negative results. And so as you read the Bible, if you pay attention to those if and then statements, it'll help you know what to avoid. It'll help you know what to apply your life to. So that was week one. Make sure you, um, to just challenge you to, to, to take it in. Week two, we talk about understanding the Bible. If you don't understand how the Bible is structured, when you begin to read, it's really, it can be uh, confusing. It can be challenging to understand. And so week two, I really try to just break it down and said, here's the plot. Here's kind of the, the overarching themes. Here's, um, here's the way it's structured because it's not written chronological, chronological order from, from the first book to the end. It's, it's all intermingled in, in, in categories. So that was week two, helping you understand how it's structured because that helps. When you understand the structure, you get, get more out of it. It's not as, as daunting or confusing. And then week three, this was last week, uh, we, we, we said the Bible can be trusted. And this is really my attempt to try to say the people who wrote the Bible, the people that sacrificed their life for the Bible, um, say a lot to us about them believing so much they would give everything, including their life, their family's lives, to make sure the Bible continued on. So it's really a gift that God's given us. It's withstood the, the test of time. And so that was last week, how about why the Bible can be trusted. And then today, I'm going to be ending it with saying you have to choose wisely. All right, Choose wisely. And we're going to end with that. And so here's, here's what I want you to know, that when, when it comes to choosing wisely, every single day we stand at crossroads and decisions every single day. Every single day you'll have multiple decisions that you have to make. Some not with so, such great consequences, but others will have really significant consequences in the future. Whenever you have a decision you have to face, you always have to choose, what, what do I do with this? What am I going to do uh, with this? And looking back over my life, this is the thing I know. Every poor decision I made, every bad decision I made, um, when I look back and, and, and filter through and say, why did I choose that? Why did I make that decision that I regret? Um, I can always um, attach it to somebody that was with me. 
Um, there's very, very rarely that I made a decision that was on my own that was poor, but typically all the choices that I made, all, all, all the time I could look back and say there was this person in my life that said, just go for it, Eric, just jump. It's not that bad. Just go for it, Eric. Get out of the car and do this foolish thing, whatever it is, and you can ask me all those stories. I'll, I'll tell you some of the stupid things I did, but every dumb decision I made that, that in some cases life and death, other cases they didn't really impact all that much, but they were just, just I regret um, there was always a who attached to it, some influence in my life um, that, that was causing me to make that. And then if I look back over my life, all the good decisions I made, there was always somebody that was influencing me, helping on this journey to say, do this. No, that's, that's not going to end well. Uh, you, if you thought about these things, why don't you avoid those things? And I look back over my life with all the decisions I made, there's always somebody attached to it. There's some kind of influence that was helping me to know what to do um, or if I should or shouldn't do. And, and sometimes those influences were good and sometimes those influences were bad. But here's what I know when it comes to influences. Whatever you spend time on, it gets inside of you. Whatever you give your time to will eventually affect you and infect you and, and, and begin to, to seep and, and, and soak into your life all the time. Uh, so, so the voices in your life, what you listen to, the, 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 pe- the people you have that influence you, they will eventually soak, soak in and, and get into you. And here's the thing that I know. Every single one of us, when we stand at the crossroads, there's not a single one in this room that says, yeah, I want to choose this path because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the worst path I could possibly choose. That's not the choices we make. Typically, we stand on a path that we think, well, that's probably the right path, but this one's easier. Uh, this one's going to feel better. And whatever, for whatever reasons, we convince ourselves to maybe go down the wrong path. We never choose that path because we know it's going to end badly. We just choose it because it's going to feel good and it's going to be a quick fix or whatever. Um, and so a lot of people, we understand this. Like where we're at in one year will be determined by the choices that we make and the decisions and the habits we put in place now. And so looking back, like if you look back at this point to last year, are you better off than you were in your relationships? Are you a better parent? Are you a better spouse? Are you a better uh, worker? Um, are you a better boss? Are you a better student? Like if you look back and be, if you can say, yes, I'm better, then it's most likely you put habits and choices in your life from, from this point last year until now that helped you to get here. If you look back and say, no, it's either the same or in most cases it's worse because typically things don't stay the same. They're either getting better or they're declining. Um, and if you look back, you say, no, I'm not better this way. And, and you can begin to track back where, where did you neglect to do the right things? What do you do? Because here's what I know. Everybody wants better, but not everybody is willing to do something about it. And so in this series, my challenge is really, are you willing to do something about it? Um, are, you, are you willing to say, I'll do whatever it takes? Um, I'll make sure to be in to minimize the influence of my life and maximize those ones that are going to help me on this journey. This is one of the reasons we do July, the series July Influence, is because we want to, I want you to know and have confidence in me as a leader that I have people around me that are smarter than me, that I'm learning from people that are smarter, smarter than me, that I'm, I'm trying to grow and be challenged to be the best that I can. And that itself should say a lot about our church is saying we want to make an impact in our world and we're going we're gonna to put things in place to make sure we do it, safeguards and, and people around us. So in this series, uh, when, it, when it comes to the Bible, my challenge for this series was make the Bible a priority in your life. What I mean, what I mean by that is make sure you begin to ha- start habits that every single day you get some kind of, of, of verse in you. Whether it's the one-year Bible, we'll talk about the different plans, and we've, we've kind of talked through the, the last uh, couple of weeks. But whatever the plan is, choose it, and then make it part of your daily routine that you get, you get it into you. And so um, one of the verses that we used for the Bible, we talked about Jesus. He said in Matthew seven twenty four, he told a story about a wise and a foolish builder. The wise builder built his house upon something secure, a solid foundation. The foolish person built his life upon something that was, was not secure. It was sand. And it says when the storms came, the test then, then happened to see what building, what life was going to withstand the, the storms. 
Um, and this is what he says. He said, everyone who hears my words, these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And he's comparing his teachings to his, his word, the Bible, to, to a solid foundation, a rock that will withstand time, that will withstand storms, that your structure built upon that. It'll be able to withstand the storms that come. Because here's the thing. The Bible says the storms will come. The good and the bad, they both get storms. We all will get storms at some point in our life. And depending on what we built our life upon, it'll show when those storms hit. Does everything crumble and fall apart? Or can we withstand even, even the hardest of storms that come our way? And Jesus is saying the wise person, he puts these words into practice. doesn't just hear them, but he does something about it. Um, so it's, he's saying, make, make, make my word a foundation of your life. Make sure you make it a foundation in your life so you can build upon it. Uh, because the structure, the quality of the structure, the quality of your life, the quality of your marriage, the quality of your parenting, whatever that structure is you're building upon, it'll only as be as good as the foundation it's on. Um, and here's the thing about foundations. You typically don't see foundations. They're hidden. Um, but when there's no foundation, no matter how big that structure is, how good it looks, uh, if there's nothing for it to be holding too strong, whenever a storm comes, it will collapse. It will fall. And Jesus is saying, make sure you build upon something that's solid. And he compares the word, the Bible, to something solid that you can build your life upon. So it's very tempting in our culture to build upon things that aren't tested and aren't true. Um, here's a few things that people decide to build upon. Okay, So Jesus saying, my word is a strong foundation. But then there's other foundations people choose to follow. Uh, one, one very popular one is popular culture. A lot of people just follow whatever everybody else is doing. They just go with the flow. I'm going to build my life upon whatever's popular. We're going to chase this thing for a while. Let's just chase that thing. Um, but here's the thing with popular culture. It comes and goes. You know, a few generations ago, we do not, we do not celebrate the same things today that we did back then. Um, it changes. And so when you build your life upon something that's going to change, your structure's not going to be, be able to withstand time and challenges that come with it. Because wherever you spend your time on, it gets inside of you. It affects you, infects you, and affects you. So if poppy culture is your main influence that's coming in, you're, you're trying to follow that, um, you, it can lead you astray. In fact, Exodus 23, uh, Moses is telling people, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Like, don't just go with the flow. Don't just follow everybody just because they're doing it. Like, like, make a choice to do what's right. Because whatever you spend your time on, it gets inside of you. You know, I, I thought something very practical for us to see is, is something visual to be able to see um, what I'm talking about today. So I brought a couple of glasses here to kind of illustrate my point. Uh, when it comes to, to the Bible, when it comes to church, when it comes to try to follow following God's ways. Um, so I'm going to just walk you through this. You know, um, in I read a study. I'm going to I'm going to make some tea up here for you guys and uh, see if somebody wants to drink some of this tea. We'll we'll see um, or not. Um, I read a study that in England, you know, they love tea over there. Uh, the study said that 80 percent of the English don't even drink their tea correctly. Like they don't. They're not, they're not um, doing the right process to get the best tea possible. I think they call it a, a, a cup, of, cup of tea. So um, it's, it's – um, and the reason, the reason 80% don't get it right is because they don't allow it to steep. You guys know what the word steep is, right? To soak it long enough. And so because they're impatient, people in general are, right? We just want it right away. We want it now. Uh, because of impatience, um, they, don't, they don't let the, the tea soak enough. And so today – um, in this series, I'm challenging you, make sure, make sure that you make the Bible, make sure you make God a priority in your life. Uh, because when he is a priority, he makes a difference in your life. You know, we're going to compare this, this tea bag to God, all right, and, and God's influence in our life. Uh, so many of us, I mean, you're all here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's a great, a great thing to have you guys. But many of us, are, it, uh, we're only a Sunday, we're only conscious and aware of God's influence in our life on a Sunday morning. 
that is to some people in this room, that's the extent you'll go to let God in. Like it's like you kind of come and you hang out for a while and you let the, the tea bag just kind of sit and you're like, this is good. That guy's kind of funny sometimes, except when he tells math jokes, then he's not so funny. Um, and, and, uh, whatever, or that, that's interesting or, uh, whatever, whatever your, your thoughts are about our church. Um, and some of you come for a while and, you know, you, you, you let, let, like a little bit of God get into you and you're like, all right, that's, that's more than enough. That's good. I mean, if you look at it, you know how far you can really see that. It's kind of, you know, it's getting a little bit of tea in there. It's, it's kind of discolored and it's got a little bit of, it, it's been it soaked a, a little bit of tea in it. So it has a little bit of it in it, but I wouldn't call this tea. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call it like a, something you'd probably want to drink. You know, it's not going to be a lot of flavor. Um, and that's really the extent that we, ha- we allow God in our lives, just a little bit of a dips of, of him in us. And then others, and this could even be some people who, man, you, you, you want God in your life all the time and um, you allow things, but there's, there's things in your life, there's influences. Um, and this can be a little crude, but I think it's going to drive my point home. All right, it's going to drive my point very good. Um, Proverbs says that a foolish person... He returns to the foolishness that he's been doing or she's been doing over and over, okay? Like they can't stop going back to those foolish things, those things that don't produce anything, like a dog returns to vomit. So the same way a dog throws up and then later comes back and says, hmm, that looks tasty, and then eats his vomit, right? You ever seen a dog do that? You're like, oh, that's so gross. And then you're like, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. You're like, he just ate your throat, man. Um, yeah, so I don't let dogs kiss me too much because... Not all dogs are wise, and they return to their vomit. <laughs> um, but I think they're still, well, anyways, I won't go there. Um, I think there's cat lovers in here, so I'll just stay away from that. Um, but I was trying to think of what, what things in our life, I, I couldn't find vomit. I was trying to see where can I find some vomit to put in this cup. Um, but I thought, well, the next best thing is something that doesn't come out of their mouth, but maybe comes out of their behind, you know. Um, there are some things in life that produce nothing good in our lives, and, and people go back to it continuously the same way a dog goes back to vomit. Um, it's a quick fix. It's an easy thing. And, and in some cases, some dogs will even go back to poop, and they'll start eating their poop, you know, because they smelled something that maybe was tasty the day before. I don't know. Whatever their reasoning is, it's a quick fix. It's an easy thing. There's nothing of nutritional value in it. There's nothing that's good. And there's people, even in this room, who will go back to things in your life that don't produce anything good, and yet they go back to it. There's, there's just stuff in our life that is just bad influences, and they, they allow influences like, like that of no nutritional value. There's nothing in it that's good, and a lot of times they even know it's not going to end well, but they go back to it and back to it. And yet they're still like, but, but I still want, I want some of God in my life. I still want, you know, I still want, I, I want him in my life, but they keep returning, and this is kind of the life that they have. My challenge is that you'd be this third person. All right, you come on a Sunday and you're here. I love it. Thanks for being here. And, and you get some of God in you. Begins to make an influence, but then you don't stop there. Um, sometime on Monday, you have you have an opportunity in the morning where you you break your Bible open and you are on your app, your phone app. You begin to, to read the one year Bible or a plan or something or a devotional. And at some point, you say, God, I, I need your help today. I need I need some more of you. Um, and on Monday, you begin to invite God to also um, come into your life and to lead you. And then on Tuesday. You have some kind of habit, routine, that you're on Tuesday, you're reading your Bible again, and, and you have a little more of God in your life. And then on Wednesday, uh, same thing, because it's part of your routine, it's part of your habit. And then uh, what's next? Thursday, right? And we got Thursday. And then after Thursday, we have, help me out, Friday. All right, and then after Friday, there's Saturday. But what? Wait, no, Saturday's my day off. I'm not doing anything. And at some point on Saturday, you actually acknowledge, like, God, I want you in my life. I need your help and on Saturday. And then we're back to, to Sunday, right? And, and maybe my hope is you'd become this kind of person that God is not a Sunday thing. It's not a one hour on Sunday thing, but it's a, 
it's an everyday thing. It's a it's it's a it's a intentional uh, living where you say, God, I want your influence in my life today, not just on Sundays, not just once a week or or once a year, or once a month, or whatever it is. I want your influence in my life, and we'll come back to this in a second. Because here's the truth: it doesn't matter how much God you get in your life here. If you're not willing to address the other issues in your life, you will continue to have um, a polluted life. You'll continue to have something that's not a whole lot of value. That's not going to even help a lot of people. So we'll come back to that in a second. Um, so whatever you spend your time on eventually gets in on you. If you're spending time with God, you're going to get a lot of God in on you. And that's what he really wants. So is it, is it tea that you're making, some kind of beautiful smelling? And, and you can't smell this tea, but it's, um, it's spiced a chai. It smells pretty amazing. Um, it's good. Are you beginning to reflect that, 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 that the things you're, you're spending time with? Um, other things people spend their, their time on or build their, try to build their life upon, tradition. Uh, There are some things in our lives that we hold on to just because it's always been done that way. Not all traditions are bad, but in some cases, some traditions are. Um, Because it's not built on truth, but it's built on the way it's always been or something in the past. And some people, they hang on to tradition at the expense of truth. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's the, the way we do something is more important than doing the right thing. And there's some things that we do that we can get stuck on singing a song or praying a certain way or, or doing church a certain way. Religion can become like this. Our church can become like this, become a religion where it's just a routine. It's just something you do. And you hold on to its pattern, but you don't let it in, influence your life the way it's supposed to. That can become a tradition. And Jesus told the, some of the Pharisees, he says, you've let go of the commands of God. And you're holding on to human traditions. Like you're neglecting the important things to hold on to something that, that has just been passed on that you're missing the whole point of it. So make sure you don't... Um, you're not just doing, doing things. Make sure you're doing the right things. Uh, so build your life upon the wrong, right things, not just on what everybody else says, not other things. Other, other foundation some people build their life upon is reason. Uh, reason would be this is my opinion. I thought about it. It seemed right to me. Like I thought it, so it must be right. Um, this could be reason of a lot of people coming together and saying we're really smart people. Let's figure this out. And sometimes you ha- human reason can lead us astray. Sometimes human reason can, can lead us into some really um, bad places. Uh, so reason is the second one. In Judges, uh, there was, there's, if you read the whole, whole book of Judges, this is a, a point in Israel's history. There wasn't a leader to lead them. Uh, so God sent these, these, these people that were judges to kind of help guide them. Um, but this is how the whole book ends, all right? Judges 21, 25 says, At that time, there was no king in Israel. People did whatever they felt like doing. Oh, I skipped over. I go back. Sorry. That, that's the next one. That's feelings. Reason was this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that's going to, it seems right, but it's going to eventually lead us to death. And anytime there's a conflict between our, our intelligence and our smarts and God's word, I would say, go, um, go with God, because it'd be easy for us to redefine and, and make things the way we want them to fit what we want and totally neglect what God says. But God's, his word withstands time. So he's saying, make sure you do the right thing. And then the last one is feelings. Uh, this is where I was talking about judges. Uh, people went along, they went along with just what they felt, what felt right. Uh, this is the one that trips up the most people because we, too often, we go off of our feelings in life. And, we, and, 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 the, and if you know anything about feelings, they can mislead us. Um, you know, I have, one of my goals is just to, to last long, like to have a long life. And so um, I, I try to insert exercise and, and, and health into my life. Um, well, you know, some days I don't feel like exercising. Like I don't really want to get up early and go exercise. I don't feel like it. And when I follow my feelings, I sleep in and get more rest, but I don't accomplish the important things and the goals that I have. Um, so I can't follow feelings. I have to just say, no, you just got to suck it up and go exercise. And then you usually feel better because you did something worth, worth it. Um, but this is what trips up a lot of people because, well, they say if it feels good, it must be right. Let's just do it. 
Now, if it's not hurting anybody, then it must not be bad. But here's the thing. Anything you do will affect others. And don't believe the lie that what you do, it's not just your thing. It affects others. Uh, because feelings will lie to us all the time. And here's the thing with feelings. If you follow your feelings, it'll always, almost always end badly. Because when we follow just what we feel all the time, chaos is always around the corner. It doesn't ever produce something that's, that's, um, that's good, but something that is, uh, is less. It's, it's something that's chaotic, something that's of disorder. Um, and if you follow the stories in the Bible, you'll see this over and over. When people went with their feelings, when they just did what was right in their own eyes, they missed it. And this is how the book of Judges end, ends. There was no king. There's nobody to lead them. And so they just did whatever felt right. And God was so displeased with them because they, they, they had the wrong influences in their life. And they kept going back to things that were empty, that were no good. Um, so how do we do this? What, what, do we do, um, what do we do when it comes to um, making the Bible foundational for our life? Well, make it, a first part of, of the day of your life, make it the first part of your daily life. Um, Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Uh, throughout throughout the, the scriptures, there's this principle of the firsts, all right? So the first fruits, God is saying, I'm going to test you, test me in this. God is saying, test me. When you give a first part of your income to build the kingdom, he's saying, I'm going to honor you and bless you. So there's something about the first things you do with your life. So when it comes to finances, he's saying, put me first. Uh, it's a test. I'll show you that I'm faithful. And then on Sundays, is one of the reasons we have Sunday mornings. We're starting our week off by saying, God, I want to put you first. So this is a big statement you're making today. You're saying, God, I need you in my life, so I'm going to put you first well imagine if every single day that was part of our habit or we said we woke up and and at some point we said a prayer or or we we had a verse we can read or or we're doing the one-year bible you read your different parts of that to get through your day Um, imagine if you started your day like this it was the first part of your day what you can what you can see that would take place in your life what you could accomplish there's a lot of plans out there the thing is just pick a plan that works for you and stick to it try it out Um, like this summer would be a great time to start a new habit Uh, so the month of july is coming what, what would the end of July look like if you just stuck to something every single day and look back? Like, test me. Like, try this. Don't, don't just take my word, but begin to get this part of your habit and see what happens. Because I know what happens when you put the word of God a priority. You begin to have more of him come in. Your thinking begins to be a little differently. Um, you begin to make better choices and decisions. And, and that's the whole challenge is when, when we get more of God, we become to reflect him more and look like him more. Um, there, there's one plan. It's called the first 15 uh, first 15 minutes of your day, five minutes, spend reading the Bible. Uh, five minutes, get a, a song, one of the songs we sing, or a worship song that you can, you can just uh, spend in, in time with God. Um, and then the last five of prayer, and then just pray. Um, that, that's a pretty simple plan. If you don't have that, man, just your first five of your day. You know, read a scripture, pray, spend some time just thanking God. Uh, make it, make it where, you, where it fits you, where it works. Um, there's, there's one plan that's called SOAP, uh, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So you read a verse, you read a passage of the Bible, and then at that you, you, you write down in a notebook, like, here's what I read, um, here's what I observed, like, here's my observation from what I just read, um, and then you say, here's the application for my life, all right, stop being mean to people, maybe that'd be an easy one, right? And then you pray it, God, I just read how I'm supposed to love people, but my application is I need to stop being mean, God, I'm going to pray now and ask you to help me stop being mean. There's, there's different plans you can make a part of your day where you simplify it so it becomes something in your life that begins to impact you and influence you. Here's the thing with the Bible. Make sure you get a translation that you like. If you're reading this, because uh, 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 what's up with these, you know, at the, at the end of these verses we put up, we'll have these different um, um, acronyms for something or symbols for something. KJV, that just means King James Version. So back in 1611, um, the Church of England got together and they, they translated the, the scriptures into English. And so 1611, um, they, they worked on it for seven years and, and, and got this translated. 
uh, into English, but it's, it's a literal or formal translation. And so they take the, the words and they, li- they translate them literally, uh, what they mean. But if you know anything about languages, whenever you translate something literally, it doesn't always help you understand really the intent or the meaning behind it. You just get the literal thing. Uh, like, for example, in Spanish, if somebody was to say, como se llama, right? Como se llama in Spanish. Well, if you translate literally, it's, you'd, say, you'd say, how is it called? Well, in English, that makes no sense. How is what called? Uh, but if you translate it for us to understand, you'd say, what is your name? Well, oh, why don't you say that in the first place, all right? So translation, it matters. And so it's important to get a translation because different people translate different ways to, to bring about different perspectives of the word. They're not bad. Um, I would say anybody that says this is the only translation you should read, be careful with that. I would run away from them. If somebody says, well, one person, um, he, he, he got... He got um, inspired by God to write things that are, you know, um, take out things, move things around to have their own version, I would be very leery of that, all right? Um, a lot of these people, they work, they work with a ton of people to make sure, a lot of scholars, I'll give you an example. Uh, the next translation, one I would encourage you to read, it's easy to read, NIV or NLT, which is New International Version or the New Living Translation. Um, the NIV, they got 100 scholars together to work on this, and they worked on it for uh, over 10 years, uh, and then a few years later, they went and did a second edition to it. They changed only 5% of it. So most of it stayed the same, but they changed 5%, and it took them another six years. Uh, so, so tons of people worked on the, the NIV. Uh, it's a little more contemporary version, so it's a little easier to read. And I'm going to show you an example in just a second. But these are two that are pretty good to read. And then there's, there's a third kind of translation. These would be paraphrases. Uh, the, the, the Living Bible and the Message are two that I enjoy reading. And in fact, my one-year Bible I told you my parents got me when I was a junior higher. It's the Living Bible. I just learned this this week is the Living Bible wasn't written for it to be sold, but this, this, uh, this man who's a scholar, he said, I want to just write the Bible in a language my kids can understand. And so he translated the Bible for his kids, which is pretty, I think that's pretty amazing in itself. So it would be easy for them to understand. It's a paraphrase to kind of give them the, the heart behind the words. And then somebody found it and said, man, we, want, we need to sell this to everybody, let people in on this, and it's a great translation. And uh, whenever companies put them out, they work hard. Uh, to make sure that there's nothing weird in there and there's a lot of people come in. And then the message is probably one of the newest uh, versions of the Bible. Um, uh, a man, a pastor up in Oregon named Eugene Peterson, uh, he was taking his church to the book of Hebrews, and he learned Greek in and, and, uh, seminary. He's just really smart with languages. And so all of the commentary were good, but he said, I just want to make this for my people. I want to, I want to. And so he, he paraphrased all of the book of Hebrews for his, for his church, a Bible study that he was having. Um, somebody in his group ended up passing it to a publisher. The publisher said, this is amazing. Um, would you consider doing a couple other books? And so uh, he took his, 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 his church through a couple other books. And after a while, they're like, you need to do the whole Bible. And so um, we hit him and with the help of some other guys, they, they, they paraphrased it. Um, and a paraphrase is just taking the heart from context of what the author is trying to communicate. So it's not literal. Um, and if you compare them, sometimes it just gives you a bigger perspective of what the author is trying to say. So find a translation you like. Um, I'm going to give you an example of, of, of a passage in Scripture where we'll look at the, the, the different translations. All right? Uh, Psalms 1, for us as a church, we're called the Grove. We take, we take the idea from the Aspen Grove up in, up in the mountain. Uh, every aspen is, is interconnected, so there's not a tree that's, that's doing life alone, but their, their root systems are connected under the ground. It's pretty amazing. Uh, when I learned about the aspens, like, that's a great name for a church because that's what a church is supposed to be, that we have relationships where we're connected so we can support and help each other. Uh, well, in, in the Psalms, it, t- it compares people to a tree, all right? And we thought this is a great verse that kind of would help us to have the idea of a tree as a person. And it says this. This is King James, right? So remember, 1611. And I think for being so old, it's pretty, pretty good still. Uh, but you'll see what I'm talking about. So this is what it says. Uh, 
for Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh, in, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You see where this is going already? Right? You're going to develop a lisp if you read the King James, just so you know, be prepared. They will start calling you William, all right, as in Shakespeare. Um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, and his law doth, in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever, whatsoever he do, do, doeth shall prosper. I don't read this translation often. You can already see why. It's kind of... Um, it's just not, it doesn't flow well, but it, it's poetic. It's beautiful. Uh, if you ever want to go read some of the Psalms, it's pretty amazing uh, how they put the songs to, to, I guess, English poetry, I guess you can compare it to. Um, it goes on. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, uh, nor the sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The ungodly are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind driveth away. So, if you want a lisp, man, read this. If you enjoy this, it's good. I'm not knocking it. It's, it's, uh, I think it's still a good translation. You still get the point. But it's just not as easy to understand. You, anybody agree with me, right? You're kind of like, all right, you lost me at the first one. <laughs> you lost me at something over there. I probably not even pronounced this right. All right, so the NIV. Let's go to another translation, the same translation. I mean, the same passage of Scripture, Psalm 1, uh, in the NIV. It says this, blessed. And it's something funny, you know, in the King James, you're like blessed, and in, in NIV, I'm like blessed. Same word, but we try and change how we even say it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. All right, already a little easier to understand, always flowing a little better in, in the English that we currently speak, um, or stand in the way that sinners take. So this person is blessed, um, sits in the company, company of mockers, but, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person... He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yieldeth fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. What, whatever they do prospers. Do you guys see it's kind of flowing a little easier? Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Uh, their life just doesn't last. It goes away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So it's a comparison here. Um, and the thing when you're reading the Bible, you have to pay attention to these... these um, uh, there's just there's there's hints that these translators are giving you. There's things they're trying to point out to you, and if you're reading with with a heart to understand, you're saying, God, I want you to get into my life. I want you to soak in. I'm going to think about this for a while. It'll impact you more. All right. Next next translation is the Living Bible. Remember the guy wrote it for his kids, and it says this: um, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow evil men's advice, who do not hang around with sinners, scoffing at the things of God. It's already kind of okay. This is very simple. I, this is the reason I enjoyed it as a junior higher. It was just very simple for me to, to read and understand to help me. Um, they, but they delight in, in doing everything God wants them to. And day and night are always meditating on his law. You can already see the principle. It's like this is a, it's a habit. It's something that they have allowing God in their life. Thinking about ways to follow him more closely. These people are like trees along the riverbank, bearing luscious fruit each season without fail. And they're producing good things, these kind of people. Their leaves shall never wither, and all they do shall prosper. I know everybody in this room wants to prosper. Here's, here's a verse for you, right? Uh, next one. But for the sinners, what a different story. They're blown away like chaff before the wind. They are not safe on judgment day. They shall not stand among the godly. For the Lord watches over all the plans and paths of godly men, but the paths of the godless lead to doom. Um, and I'm just going to give you just a couple of verses in the message. You can see message, another paraphrase. Uh, it says it like this. 
pretty simple, right? How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along Dead End Road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. Uh, just a way to think. Like, and he does a great job. Eugene Pearson does a fantastic job just paraphrasing the Bible, giving you another way to think about it. Okay, I get that. that, that that's like a word picture there for me to see. Okay, this person, yeah, he's not going down a road that just ends a dead end road. I don't want to go down that road either. I want my life to have meaning. And then one last one I'll just tell you. If, if you're reading, you want more understanding. One I like to go to every now and then is called Amplified. Uh, the second and third verse of this, of this uh, psalm, you'll see what I'm talking about. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, and they have a little, uh, they amplify this idea. So the law, what is he talking about? His precepts and teachings. And then he meditates day and night. When he's talking about that, he's saying it's, it's a habit. He's habitually doing something. It's not just like a one-time thing, but it's something that's part of his life. And so Amplified is, is amplifying certain points of the, of the verse to help you understand, oh, there's something more here that I'm not supposed to miss out on. He'll be like a tree firmly planted and fed by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. And I love this last part. And I just prosper like to have, hey, look at me, I have a lot of success, but it's for maturity's sake. It's to be able to accomplish more. A mature person can help develop other people, right, and bring other people to maturity. So it's important what God is trying to accomplish here. And so you can see what, what he's, what he, even, even what we just read. We read one passage, one psalm, um, in, in four, four different translations. And you can already see, like, wow, this is like, this one psalm is kind of coming more to life to me because we're allowing God's word and more of God to, to seep into our life, to soak in. Um, so get a translation you like. I would encourage you to get a study Bible if you want to go deeper. Um, if you want people to teach you how to study, um, our, our small groups, get, get involved in small groups. Some of our groups do that. Uh, there's a book that I read this last year called The Searching the Scriptures from Chuck Swindoll, uh, one of the great Bible teachers we have in our country. He wrote a book on how to study the Bible. Pretty simple to, to, to apply and use. It's great. So if you want to go deeper, there's resources and tools. And the thing is, it's your choice. If you want more of God, search it out. Say, God, I want more of you, and then figure out ways to do it. So my question is this. Today, what is steeping in you? What are you allowing to soak? What are you soaking up? Is it CNN? Is it Fox News? Um, is, it, is it Facebook? Are, the, are those all the influences that you have going on all the time? Uh, and, and, and music. Um, if it's, and here's the thing. If it's country music, all right, I love country music. But if you listen to country music too long, you will want to shoot yourself, right? Because it's all built around misery, and, and they write good songs because of it. And, and they're good to listen to. But if that's, if that's all the influence you're taking in, I can guarantee you're not going to be a very happy person, all right? Uh, so maybe that's why some of these, well, anyways, um, I won't go there. But whatever you're taking in, what is, what is getting in you? What's soaking up? Is it God or is it other things? Are you allowing something in your life that you keep running back to? And it hasn't produced anything good for you, but you're still running back to it. Can I have a volunteer come drink this for me and tell me how wonderful it is? But yet people do this every single day. They go back to things and say, I want my life to be great, but I'm going to keep putting stuff, junk. I'm going to put putting things that don't produce anything good in my life. Or are you this kind of person that's saying, I want more of you? Because you become like those you spend time with. You become like those influence that you allow to come into your, into your life. See, the word of God compares itself to a few things. It says it's like a mirror. When you read the Bible, man, it reflects back to you who you are. I guarantee you, almost none of us in this, in this room left the house without looking in the mirror. Um, you know, to make sure, you know, my shirt on straight, I brush my teeth, my hair okay. Um, and, and the longer you stayed, probably the better you look, I would hope, um, that you, would, you, would, you spent time. And that's the mirror. It's reflecting back to us. It, it compares it to the, to the water that gives us life or water that purifies our life. 
Uh, it compares it to food that gives us nourishment. When you read in the Bible that the word of God is like that. It compares it to a weapon that can fight off the enemy, that can help us overcome. Um, there's all these different analogies that it gives us to, 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 to do that. So my heart as a parent is to help my kids get a lot of God in their life. So they're faithful to, to come to church. Um, they have their small groups in, in church also. And then what we've done is every single day, not every single day, but almost every single night before they go to bed, I'll read them a proverb for the day. So last night we read Proverbs 24 because it shows the 24th. Um, and I just read the whole Proverbs for them. And then I, I sometimes ask them a question about what they heard. Sometimes we'll just pray a prayer saying, God, we read this. Help it to get into our heart. And it steeps in. Well, the cool thing about last night is that I was reading. This is what the proverb said, part of it. Proverbs twenty four thirteen said, my child, eat honey for it is good. Anybody like some honey? Eat some honey. The honeycomb, it is sweet to the taste. I like honey. Uh, in the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. And then it compares honey to wisdom, which will be get from God. So said, when you get God in you, you're going to get wisdom, which is going to be like honey. And if you find it, you will have a bright future. I love that. And your hopes will not be cut short. Now, I'm pretty sure that... There be, most people in this room would not deny this, this cup of tea, right? Whoa, I <laughs> missed a little too much honey. <laughs> Maybe you just now you're like, oh, my goodness. But this thing has been see, steeping for a while. It's been soaking in. And if this water was hotter, it would probably even be better. And uh, we've got some honey in there. But this is the kind of life that I'm encouraging to have. What would, what would it look like this whole week? You said, God, I want your influence in my life. And you begin to minimize some of those other influences and what kind of life would God create? And after a while, it's, you no longer look like water, but you begin to look like the thing that's influencing you. And people begin to see Jesus in you. And that's the whole point of the gospel is that he's redeeming us to become these people that he wanted us in the first place. He said, I want, I want you to reflect me to the people around you. And the more you allow God to influence your life, the more impact you'll have. And the more you'll, you'll, your life will, will have the things that God says your life will have the more you'll prosper. Looking back over my life, every bad decision I made was because of somebody. And every good decision I made was because of influence I had. Who's influencing you? And are you willing to stop allowing those, whether it's a thing or a person to influence you, you will never be able to become the person God wants you to. And you'll always keep going back to the things that don't produce anything good. I guess I should take a drink because you're all waiting for me. Ah, chai. It's good stuff. This one? Yeah, not so much. Here's my challenge. Choose God. When it comes to who's going to influence your life, would you just choose God? Make it a habit in your life. If it's one verse, read one verse and let that verse just be right on a piece of paper and take it to work with you. Put it on your computer. Uh, make it your, your wallpaper. Just do something that you can get in. Because here's the great thing about the Word of God. There's promises. You're struggling financially. There's promises in the Word of God that will help you to say, I can overcome. I can get through this. If your marriage is struggling, there's relationship promises. There's, there, there's uh, scriptures that will encourage you and help you when you feel afraid, when you feel worried, when you're scared. There, there's scriptures that, that God says, I want to I give you peace in your life. So here's my challenge. Choose God. Man, make church a priority. Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, every time we're open, man, be here. Get here so you can get something in it. Um, let the Bible become, become something that you do on a daily basis. Read it. Get in a small group. We'll be starting in September. I miss my group so much. We had so much fun this last semester of the parenting group. It was, it was a great time. Um, in September, we're going to start groups again. Make sure you get in a group. Um, and then begin to make a difference with your life. Begin to use your life for a difference. Serve, serve with us and on our team. Serve for Serve Day when it comes next month, our city. Serve your, your, your neighbors. Serve your family. Begin just to make a difference. Use your life. Use what God's given you to help others make a difference. So... Here's the thing. We're all influenced every single day. And there's people in this room 
You've been influenced for too long by things that are not producing anything good in your life. And today my challenge was to say, would you ask God to help you to cut those influences out of your life? And would you begin to say, God, now let me insert good influences in my life. Other people in this room, your life is like this. And you would say, and I want God in my life, but um, I've also led other things in my life. I need God to purify me. I need, God to, I need to come back to God and allow him to, to work and clean me up to help me become the person he wants me to become. And here's what I love about the Bible. He takes people like me who at some point were like this and allowed sin and allowed poor choices and bad decisions to get in that separated me from God and didn't allow me to have the kind of life God wanted me to. And he sent his son in the middle of that because the Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we were still like this, full of stuff, that impurities and things in our life that don't produce anything good, God sent his son Jesus to die on that cross. While we were still in the middle of our mess so that we can have life we can have God come and purify and cleanse us. And here's the good news. The whole message for today is building up to this. That if you're here today and you don't have God in your life, then I want to introduce you to a God who loves you so much, that wants you to succeed, that wants you to overcome, that wants you to have joy and peace and success in everything you face in life. And today he's inviting you. Would you be a part of my family? Would you be part of, part of my kingdom? And this is why we do church. So we can introduce people to a wonderful God who loves us. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end the service. If you're here today and you're bold enough to say, you know, my life, I've allowed influences that have led me away from God and I need God's help. I don't have a relationship with him. I've walked away. But today I want to invite him into my life. I want to say yes to him and no to my past, no to my other, other things in my life that have been pulling me down. If that's you today, I want to just ask you, would you do me a favor? Let me know you're here by lifting your hand. I won't call you down to pray here or just pray you in your seat. But if that's you, God is saying, he has something better for you. Change your influences. Change, change the voices you're listening to. If you need more help on that, man, there's people in the church who will help you. I'll help you. I'll encourage you. Anybody else here today say, I need God in my life. I want to give my life today. Awesome. I see your hands. For all of you that raise your hand, I'm going to lead you into prayer. This is really how we start the relationship with God is we acknowledge that we have stuff in our life that separates us from him. The Bible says we, we've sinned. And because of that, we don't have a relationship. But today, when we acknowledge that, God draws close to us and says, I forgive you. And I want, I want to be part of your life. So I'm going to lead you into prayer. If you raise your hand and pray this with me, we have some other Christians in the room. Would you, would you join us in praying also? So nobody's praying alone. Would you say this today? Say, say Father God, today I need your help. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. Forgive me for my sin. I invite you today into my life. Help me. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for me. So I could have new life. I ask you to come into my life today. Created me a new heart. A new person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.